This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Guys, good to be with you guys. Um, wow, packed house tonight. Um, I had the chance to spend all day with the staff of this church. And I realized very quickly, um, and I, I speak in football terms sometimes, there's professional great athletes. And that is what your staff is. Um, I, I realized very quickly how blessed you are to have the team leading you. Um, Kevin and Amanda, you've done an amazing job raising people up, pouring into their life. Um, I also realized that we're... Our, me, I'm leading, I'm, I'm a sixth grade football player. That's what I realized today. Um, sixth grade, just, just hit puberty. Um, found one hair under my arm. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Um, uh, but we're, we're going to do our best. Um, I rarely get nervous when I communicate, um, mainly because I believe the word of God speaks for itself. Like I, I communicate that and we're good to go. Tonight I'm a little nervous. Um, and I want to tell you why, because I believe there's some God encounters in this room tonight. You have prayed, you have fasted, some of you, for 28 days. You didn't do that with a light heart. You did that with a hunger and an anticipation in your soul. And I believe tonight God's going to show up. And that is a lot of pressure, that I don't screw it up, you know. I screw a lot of things up, and I'm just praying that we make it through tonight, um, and that God truly has his way in this place. Have, I, here's the question I have for you. And I don't know if I'm supposed to ask this in this setting. So we're just going to go with it. Um, if you won the billion-dollar lotto, okay? There's been a couple of them in the last six months. And don't act like you don't know about it, okay? You all prayed, God, let me win. I'll tithe to the church. If Kevin won't accept it, we will, Okay? <laughs> Um, just clear um, on that, but um, what would you do? Like, right? Like, what, what you thought about it. So what's one of the first things you would buy? I don't even know if we, can we say, can we talk about this intro? I don't know. We'll just get off the subject. You know what you would buy. You've already thought about it. You have a long list. Everyone's being quiet, acting like shy. We can't talk about the lotto in church. My pastor will know I played the lotto. We know, okay? What? Let's, let me do it this way. What would you do? Who's your favorite band of all times? Not worship, not Christian. We're just, what's your favorite band of all time? Chili Peppers, Tupac. Chili Peppers, Tupac. <laughs> We're going to be praying with people in a few minutes. We're praying. I like both of them. Chili Peppers, Tupac, Journey, The Doors. Metallica, thank you, Jesus, spiritual. Um, um, ACDC. Yes. What would you do? How would you respond? If someone showed up, front door, knocked on the door, limo outside. So we're going to fly you to Vegas. Here's two tickets to the front row seat to see that band. How would you respond? <laughs> That's right. It's like, the, it's, like the, it's like the Disney ride. Let's go! Front row tickets for everybody! If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's the Rock and Aerosmith ride. Um, what are we going to do with all these people? I don't know. We'll just have to get a super stretch limo. I'm sorry. I was at Disney a few weeks ago. Um, but here's the reason why I'm asking that 
is I, I wonder in the reality, the question I'm gonna bring tonight is, is really, what we're gonna look at really revolves around this question. How will you respond to Jesus? You've prayed. For some of you, you've fasted. You've leaned in. You say, God, I, I really need you to show up. For some of you, it's a medical issue. For some of you, it's a fresh word because you've lacked vision in some areas of your life. For some of you, your marriage is struggling. For some of you, your finances are struggling, hence the lotto ticket reference. Like some of you, you know what I'm saying? Like, God, if you'll just show up one time and just do this miracle, I will. And here's my question. When I was praying for this service, and I said, God, these people have been praying. They've been hungry. You're going to show up. And here was the question that he dropped in my soul. How will they respond to me? How will they respond to me? You see, and here's what I want to believe in me, okay? I want to believe in me that whatever God said, I would do. He said, take, you know, Shane, take your sweater, sweatshirt off, swing it above your head and run around the block a few times. I would want to hope I would do it. And I'm probably just crazy enough to do it, right? But, but here's the reality. I think there's times where God that says things and he places things in our heart that seem so far beyond us, that seem way out of our reach, that seem out of our comfort zone. And then the question is, is how will we respond to Jesus? Let me be very clear with you. I came here to pray with you tonight. These are my favorite nights as a pastor. I think I do Sundays to get to these nights where I can look at people in the eye, I can lay hands on them and I can pray with them because I believe that the Holy Spirit is gonna show up in this place tonight. I believe he's gonna change me and you. I believe there's gonna be encounters tonight. And my question that I have to ask is how are you gonna respond? How will you respond? Because here's what I realize in the scriptures, right? We're Southerners. Is North Carolina considered the South? I mean, it's North South, like we're Southerners, right? Y'all drink tea sweet? It's the South, we're good. Except for me, it's a weight issue. Um, living large. There is a religious response to Jesus that we're gonna talk about tonight. It's what I'm gonna call the bless his heart. Bless their heart, bless their heart, bless their heart, Lord. You remember when Governor Nikki Haley said that? Like in a political stance, like it's like, can you say, that's like Southern, like bless their heart, bless their heart. Oh, bless their heart. And here's what I want you to look at. And here's, here's what I want to believe about me. I, I believe God, I, I don't believe I would ever be that bless their heart person. I don't want to be that person. But when I look at this scripture, I realize there's probably times in my life I'm not that far from it. Let's look at the scriptures. Matthew 12, 9 through 14. And then Jesus, this is what it says. It says, Jesus went over to what? Their synagogue. Dion, the synagogue is a church service. It's a prayer meeting. It's a night like tonight. And he says, where he noticed a man with a deformed hand, the Pharisees asked Jesus, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? They were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him. And he answered, if you have a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. 
So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. The Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. Jesus shows up in a church meeting, prayer meeting, just like this one. And once someone stands up and goes, hey, Jesus, how would you handle this? I got to believe that if Jesus walked in here in flesh, in person today, there would be a lot of questions. Jesus, I, I mean, I have a long list. If you don't, we can work through mine. And when we get to the end of mine, we can work through yours, okay? But I believe we would have questions. And they, they start asking questions because not because they want to experience the Savior, but because they want to persecute him. And here's what I realized. When I look through the lens of what's going on in this context, why are they so adamant against Jesus? Let's look at the Old Testament for a second. Let's kind of reflect on it. Most of the miracles that you can recount right now in your mind that happened in the Old Testament dealt directly with the group of people, the Israelites. There are very few individual miracles that do not tie back to the group of Israelites. They were group miracles, like the crossing of the sea, like, like the exodus. Like they, they were mighty miracles that affected the entire congregation. Does that make sense? And so here they are expecting Jesus to show up and deliver a group of people named Israel again, and he's going to perform miracles for a group of people, and that's, that's their expectation of how God works. Does that make sense? What does Jesus show up and do? Because Jesus shows up and says, I care about you. I care about you. I care about you. And when I care about the individual, I will affect the entire group. And he begins to do miracles for the individual and they can't wrap their mind around it. Because now it's went from this collective group setting to God becoming personal and intimate. And they they couldn't figure that out. And because they couldn't figure it out and it didn't fit exactly the mold the way they wanted it to fit, then guess what happens? They rejected it. And, and, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is my question to you that I started with was how will you respond to Jesus? And what I need you to hear tonight is some of you, you may have to put down your religious garbage that you've picked up through the years and you may just have to lay yourself at the feet of Jesus and say, okay, God, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I need an encounter with you. Because what I've found is is when people put everything they know aside and they're just looking for the Savior to show up in their world, man, does he show up in a mighty way. You know the difference between the man with, with a deformed hand and the religious ones? He experienced a miracle. He experienced a miracle. And and what heart position and posture are you going to walk in with tonight? Like what, what do you need? What do you want from God? Because the question is, how will you respond to Jesus? Shane, this is already weird. We're at church on a Wednesday night. Doesn't fit my expectation. My wife told me we were getting pizza afterwards. That's why I'm here, right? Like, like, like this is, like, I, I, Shane, I'm, I'm here for the burgers later. You know, like, whatever. I believe if we'll open our hearts, get by whatever thoughts, whatever, you know, expectation we walked in with, what we want to lay, like, if we will just get by everything, go, okay, God, whatever you want, I want. Even if it doesn't look like I think it should look, even if it doesn't feel like the way I think it should feel, even if it, it's different than what we normally do, God, I want you. 
man, I believe God's really gonna do something significant in this place tonight and in you. How do I know that? Because the second response to Jesus that I see in the scriptures are those who run to Jesus. They're desperate. When you get to a place where there's desperation in your heart and you run to Jesus, he meets you at the place of your desperation. And I think a lot of times we we hear this and we wonder, but (laughs) here's the difference. There's been people, whether you were fasting and praying for the last 28 days, I know your pastor was, because I called him and told him everything I was eating. (laughs) I'm that friend that says, hey, you know what? I'm just making sure you got temptation in your life. Glory, hallelujah. (laughs) Having a double pepperoni pizza right now. And if you, listen, I'm lightly joking. Never mind, I can't get into that. (laughs) Oh, Lord, help me get through these notes. Okay. Um, But here's what I know. There are people that run to Jesus. Matthew 9, 18 through 34 is kind of the run of scripture. We get three miracles in this run of scripture, like really like back to back. They go boom, 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 boom. And when we read them, like I think they're all significant miracles. I think they all have the same tone and tenure of each one. They have like the same pursuit of God. And we read them real fast because it's such a, a, a small run of scripture. But these are like, massive and mighty miracles that happen, okay? Let's start with Matthew 9.22. And what's going on here is this is the woman with the issue of blood, right? She's basically went to every doctor. You, You know when you go to the doctor and you get the report and you're like, I'm getting a second opinion, okay? She was on the fifth opinion. That's where she was at. She didn't like any... Anyone have someone like that in their family? They don't like any opinions? You know what I'm saying? We're going to go find another doctor. Where are we going? I guess we're going to Miami at this point, okay? You know, like we, we've got those people, right? And that's where she was. She talked to every doctor. She tried all sorts of heat, like practices. She leaned into a lot of things and nothing brought her healing. She heard of Jesus. And, and this is truly one of my favorite Bible stories. When I, I, if you ever put yourself in the scriptures, you ever like read them and go, if I was there, how would this have played out? Like, like if I was there and when I read the scriptures and people crowding around Jesus and her crawling through the crowd, I imagine her hands getting trampled, her legs getting trampled, stepped on, probably kicked even because she knew her miracle lied with Jesus. She was desperate and the scriptures say she believed if she just touched the hem of his garment, she would be made whole. Matthew 9, 22, she's touched the hem of his garment. It says, your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. You see, she was desperate. She knew that if I can just run to Jesus, man, I will get the miracle I long for and that I'm after. Now, here's what's crazy about this miracle. Again, think what's going on in this quick run of scripture. There's a a synagogue ruler's like daughter who is dead. Everyone say dead graveyard dead, six feet under. I mean, she is dead. She is gone. They're like, she, it's bad. It's dead. You don't get much worse than that, okay? But she's, the, and the reason why Jesus is walking through this city is because he has heard of this and learned of this and he is going to go to his house. So he's walking to perform another miracle. He's walking to another need. And here's what I believe a lot of times, the enemy whispers in your ear, your need's not enough. They have it worse than you. Let me tell you something. If you're walking through anything, Jesus cares. 
Don't let Satan lie to you. Who do you think's whispering that in your ear? Yours isn't bad enough. Your situation isn't, isn't, isn't as bad as old Mary's over there and your, your husband's better than Sally's. And you know, no. Your issues are your issues. And God cares deeply about them. And while he's going, his focus is on another miracle. He's gonna meet a miracle of someone who's desperate. Maybe the question, the starting place is, are you desperate enough to do whatever it takes to reach the hem of his garment? Are you desperate enough? Well, I've tried yoga. How's that going to help your marriage? You know, like, 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 like how's that going to help your finances? Like, I, we, I've tried this. I've tried that. No, 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 no. The answer starts with Jesus. If we don't change from the inside, things will never change on the outside. So in Matthew 9, 28 through 29, Jesus shows up at the synagogue ruler's house. And this is what it says. So they went right into the house where he, where he was staying. And Jesus asked, do you, oh, I'm sorry, I'm backwards. I'm backwards. Oh no. We're gonna do this this way. He goes into the religious, he goes into the religious leader's house. Drop that scripture. He goes into the religious leader's house, walks up to the girl raises her from the dead. Point to point, okay? He walks in. And when he walks in, do you know what the crowd tells him? Yo, she dead. That's Shane translation. It's coming out next year. It's going to be a fabulous version. Deep Southern draw. It's going to be fabulous. Um, and he goes, you've lost your mind. He goes, She's just asleep. And I'm not a genius, clearly, nor am I the son of a genius. But here's what I know. I do know the difference when my kids are asleep and knocked out cold, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? I know the difference when they're asleep and when they're dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if I have to use a mirror, I can figure it out, all right? And the people are saying, nah, she, she dead, man. She dead. I'm going to go with a group of people that probably checked this girl to be dead. She's dead. And Jesus says, I don't care what report you've been told. I don't care what report you've heard. I don't even care what you have examined for yourself. The power that rests in me is bigger than what you have seen, what you have been told, what you have heard. And he steps into yet another situation. And he goes, girl, get up. Clean the sleep out from your eyes. Go hug these people. And I'm probably going to have to pay for a few more of them because they're going to die of a heart attack. They ain't going to believe this. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, like, that's the reality of what happened. Now, he's leaving from there. And this is what happens. Two blind men. And this, this is a tiny run of scripture. Tiny run of scripture. We get a woman healed that... There's no chance doctors could do anything. We get someone raised from the dead and we get two blind men that are desperate to see. I'm, I'm, I couldn't imagine being blind, but I also could not be imagined being blind in a time where something like that would be literally detrimental to you. Like, like there, there's no way to make money. They're beggars and they, they, they hear of Jesus. And here's what I love about this, this end of the story. They hear of Jesus. Can I, let's just be honest. You're here tonight because you've heard of Jesus. 
You've heard of Jesus. You've heard of the possibility that he could step into your situation. You've heard the possibility of what he can offer to you. You've heard of Jesus. Here's what I love. They heard of him. They ain't seen him. They don't know what this player looks like. But when you're blind, all you can do is hear. And they hear the crowds screaming of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Hey, can you tell me this? Imagine being there. The crowd is proclaiming. They hear because the crowd. And they're like, that is the one that healed the lady with the issue of blood. He just raised that girl from the dead. And I'm not the genius or the son of a genius. But if he can raise someone from the dead, he probably can do something with these eyes. And they begin to scream. God, I'm here. Jesus, right here. Jesus, right here. Son of David, Jesus. Basically, they're saying, Son of the Most High God, have mercy on me. Mark a miracle in me. Jesus, I need you right here. And, and if we were lining up issues in this miracle run, like this to me isn't, this is like the easy one. The eyes. When eyes, bleeding, death. Okay? Scale of like difficulty. You know, if we're judging like on a gymnastic scale, the, the level of difficulty. And here's what I love. It wasn't insignificant to Jesus. He says, I see that. I see you. I hear your cries. I hear you through all the noise around. I hear you from, through all the people that are screaming that want my attention, that want just, listen, a lot of people just like the idea of Jesus. They just want them to give them a word. Some people need to touch Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you won't believe what I heard. You, God told me this. Listen, Lord, let this come out right. If I don't, I blame it on Kevin. There's a lot of people, a whole lot of people, they want to walk, walk around and tell you the latest word that they heard. But their life looks nothing like Jesus and they have never reached out to Jesus. There's a lot of religious people in this world. Jesus shows up for desperate people, broken people, people that don't look like we think they should. Jesus shows up for them. So if you messed up, you're in good company because so am I. Jesus is going to show up tonight. How will we Respond. The third response that I see is running with Jesus. Before I get there, I, I don't have this in my notes. Can I do this? I don't, there's just something in my heart that says I need to share this. I don't, I don't know why. I don't usually. Ten lepers, right? Ten lepers get healed. Okay, 10 lepers. And, and guys, I, I'll find it later. We'll look it up. Just walk with me for a second. 10 lepers get healed by Jesus. 10 lepers. Lepers. Like, this is a, a mark of sin. This is a mark of like, like they're, they're not clean. They can't go to the temple. They can't worship. They can't be in the city. Horrible. 10 lepers. Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest and you'll be cleansed. On the way to the priest... They're all 10 cleansed, okay? They're, 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 they're made, like, gone. Leprosy's gone. Hallelujah, okay? Don't have to use lotion anymore. 
I hate lotion. Anyway, what they, what happens? How many come back? Two? Two come back? Am I crazy? Right? He, hear, hear me for a second. Here's what's so powerful about this story. When you read that last line, it says, those were healed. That word means made whole. Made whole. Half, the, 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 all the lepers were healed. They were cleansed of leprosy. Only two were made whole. Do you follow what I'm saying? When they came back to Jesus, they didn't run to the priest. When they ran to Jesus, their life was forever changed. Now, I can move on. Running with Jesus. The third response to Christ I see in the scriptures is running with Jesus. Running with Jesus. Do you ever think about what it'd be like to be a disciple? I mean, truly, to be there for some of the miracles. Like when I got to heaven, I got some questions for a whole lot of people. I got some questions about the ark. I think they're realistic. But I also have some questions for the disciples. What was it like at the feeding of the 5,000? Like, how did this work? Don't lie to me. We're in heaven. You know? I have questions for them. And when I look at the disciples' lives, most of these guys are young. Like, under the tax age, because you only had to pay taxes for two of them. Like, they're young. And they run with Jesus. They see all the miracles. They hear all the teachings. They, they, are, they are present. Can we just be honest for a second? If we're in here and we see someone raised from the dead, I think from that moment on, we're all in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what happened, but I know she's dead and I know she's alive. I'm in. Like, like I'm in. I'm in. In on that one. That's, that's some Jesus stuff right there, you know? Like, for real. Like, I don't think we think about this. They saw every miracle. Jesus gets crucified and they can't figure this out in their head and they scatter for a season, but they come back together, right? They come back together and they're sitting in a room and Jesus shows up. Was dead, now he's alive and he shows up and he's gonna talk to him. And this is what he says in Luke 24, 44 through 49. He says, then he said, when I was with you before I told you that, Everything was written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Everything's gotta be fulfilled. The word of God will never return null and void. He, you guys, this is so important. This, is, this, this line in scriptures is so important. We overlook it. We don't read it very often. But it says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. You know why every time you read the Bible, you understand something different? You learn something new. You're like, I've read this 800 times. And I, just, I just learned this. How is this possible? Because God will open your mind to understand things in the season you need to understand them. So when you're faithful to your word, man, God opens things up. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I never saw that before. That's free.
And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that the message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. And this is what he says, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So those that are running with Jesus, they've been present for every miracle. They've seen everything. They scatter, they come back together and Jesus is like, wait, don't go anywhere. There's something else that we need to do. We need the Holy Spirit to be alive and present in you for you to run the race that you're called to race. This is how I see it. This is my rain jacket. This is what I go fishing in. This is what I go shrimping in, which is why it smells clean. Because I don't catch anything. But this is how I see God working. Have you ever been around someone who's been following Jesus, truly following Jesus for 20 years? And they walk through something and you tilt your head and you go, how in the world did they have the faith that they had? Here's what's going on. Jesus is, Jesus is fully God. And he realizes they're getting ready to walk through some weather. You with me? When it's raining outside, what do you grab? An umbrella. Ladies grab umbrellas, men grab raincoats. Walk. You cannot be, ma- never mind, I'd better shut up. I'm gonna get in trouble. My wife now grabs my raincoats. I don't even have any anymore. She's like, this one was on the hook when I left. If you notice, the, the arms are rolled up. You know why? My wife has been wearing my raincoat, okay? Honey, if you listen to the podcast, stop wearing my raincoat. But we wear this to protect and shield ourselves from the elements outside. You with me? And I want you to see something. God in his clarity, in his understanding says, you're going to need something to protect you from the world around you. Understand, you were never created to live in a sinful fallen world. You were made, created to live in an Eden-like paradise. That's how God created us to live. And we jacked that up. And so now we live in a world that is in constant turmoil and sin. We live around evil people and we're going to walk through some things at times. And we need a raincoat. We need something that's going to protect us and shield us and, and know that we know that we know that God is with us. And those that run with Jesus, they wear a raincoat. You don't see it. You don't understand it. You can't, you, you, why are they, they've been serving God 20 years. They walked through that like that was nothing because they had a shield around their heart. They were so in tune with God. They were never scared. And this is what happens. Acts 2, 1 through 3. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. That's some crazy stuff, Right? What happens? Coat. 
get this coat, this power of the Holy Spirit. But here's what I find even inter- more interesting. As, as you read and understand the scriptures, they continue to gather together. They continue to meet together. They continue to pray together. And every time they would step into community, this is what the scriptures say. In Matthew 18, 20, what's it say? It says, where two or three agree, or where two or three gather together as my followers, who's there with them? I'm there with them. So this is what it's like. They would go out there in the world and then they would come back to each other and they would be like, man, you aren't going to believe what I found out. And they start praying for each other. You follow me? You with me? And they would start insulating their coat. Now they can, they can stand beyond a rainstorm. They can, listen, it's starting to get cold out there. I'm from South Carolina. I'm from the southern part of South Carolina. I do not do cold. If a citrus tree cannot grow there, I will not go there, okay? It's some crazy crap. But you know what? Can I tell you a secret? If you're going to live a life of faith for 20 or 30 years, you better, you, better start coming to, you better start coming to services with a heart expecting to hear from God. Because every time you show up, a deposit is made. And you just, this is a horrible idea. Of ideas I've had, this is the worst. I'm wearing a black sweatshirt stuffing cotton in it. This is genius. Stupid, I'm dumb. But every time you, I only need it. What is that? Why is there chopsticks and cotton? Oh, I'm gonna look like that kid from uh, from the Christmas movie. You know what I'm talking about? There's why do they? And we going, we going. Every time you show up to a, a, a worship night, God puts a little deposit in. And he says, I'm just going to protect you and shield your heart from a little more. Man, I look ridiculous. <laughs> this, the, hey, for the record, I've never preached this message anywhere. I had no idea how this illustration was going to work. Clearly not the best idea I've ever had. I just look like a, I don't, <laughs> I can't say that, can I? This is... This is your fault, Maddie. Yeah, you should have told me when I told you this idea was stupid. Guys, it worked better in my head, okay? Worked better in my head. Do I just look like really lumpy? It's good, it's good, it's good. Look at all this, this is fabulous. I don't know where to go from here, really. Because in the reality of this, this was supposed to be a very powerful image, but it's really ridiculous. But hear me for a second. I believe truly and honestly, the people who've been serving God for 20 plus years have been in so many places with God. They can walk through things that we never even thought about we ever thought through because God has kept depositing things in their jackets and he has insulated them from things that, they, that, that when you walk through it, man, you're like, man, I've been taken out at the knees. Man, I, I had a granny. How many of you have a granny? You know what I'm talking about? My great grandmother. When I talk about patriarchs of faith, she was it. Like my dad was a pastor. I didn't even call my dad to pray for me. I called my granny. 
And also called my granny when my parents did something dumb because she put it on them. <laughs> granny, go get you. But here's what I know. I know beyond a reservation or a shadow of a doubt when I called her, I knew that she touched heaven. And I need to tell you something. If you're in this room tonight, you showed up on a Wednesday night to church, I think the question is, is how are you going to respond to God? I think there's three levels. You can be religious. Bless, bless their heart. God bless them. Bless their heart. Oh, religious, bless their heart. Maybe you're desperate here tonight. You've prayed, you've fasted. You need to touch the hem of God's garment. The hem of Jesus' garment, so to speak. He'll show up. And I think there's a group of people here that you need a little bit more deposited in your soul. You just need a little more because I'm going to be honest with you. The thing that scares me the most about what I see coming in the future is the persecution of the church and how people are going to respond to it. And if we don't have great men and women of God that have their soul anchored in him, filled with the Holy Spirit, we're in trouble. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.